Hello, Stressed. Huh. Not my new name. <laughs> well, you put it yourself in Zencaster. Stressed out of beta. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna rant or do you want um, me to talk about real stuff first and then you can rant for the remaining time? <laughs> I, I just need to meditate, so let's 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 you talk first while I do that. I'll practice my breathing and then by the time I talk it'll just be all positive. <laughs> so yeah, before this call it was just like a long like string of things that didn't go well. And then finally we're able to record, but we don't have that much time left. <laughs> That's right. So we'll see see what comes out of it. Right. Mainly what I would like to talk about is my Q2 plan, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and shout out to you and Derek in the mastermind. Like you guys really helped me. <laughs> I think it was pretty obvious last week on the podcast that I, I was a bit stressed out and like, like when you use the word hunting, hunting season, it really resonated with me. Like I was like, oh, damn, like we need we need to figure some things out and like go out and, you know, hunt for some prospects. And I think, yeah, I, I was obviously or it's obvious to me now that I was skipping ahead a bit. So we had our original master, mastermind and we actually didn't have time for my update because we were talking so much about other things. Um, so we rescheduled the day after to which was nice because then we had an hour to talk about me and all my problems. It was really funny the way it went. So first, the first half hour was just me and Derek. Uh, Derek, like he's like the mom test uh, therapist or something these days. (laughs) Yes. And he's getting really good at like asking questions and kind of like try to reveal what's really going on. So he was basically just like doing that (laughs) for half an hour. I, I don't know, just in that half hour, like my, my mind started to, sh- my mindset shifted a lot, I think. And then after half an hour, you unmuted yourself <laughs> and you're like, okay, here's what I'm hearing. Um, and you kind of took over, which was really funny. Um, but what you said was, and it s- kind of stuck with me, was that you thought it sounded like I had an equation and it had a zero in it. And I needed before I would get any results. Like I needed to find out what that zero is. Is that that? That's kind of what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. All all funnels are multiplication problems, and you've got a zero somewhere in your funnel. And I, I think it was stressing you out. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think I was trying to skip ahead, basically, because um, when you're still trying to find a zero, like you know or at least the kind of zero that I realized that I had, it does not feel like a lot of progress is happening. And, you know, quarter after quarter, you just really want to like have some sort of like chart that goes up and to the right a little bit in relation to what you said, which is funny and made me think that you really a startup OG was the, I was listening to the starting greatness podcast today, as I sometimes do. And he was talking to Jeffrey Moore, I think the, the crossing the chasm guy. Oh yeah. Have you have you listened to that episode? No, but I've read his books. Yeah. That's oh, so good. In the in the in the podcast they talk about you need to find the slowest gear and when you solve a problem, you find the slowest gear and you only work on that before you kind of like go to the next problem. So basically in the mastermind call, it kind of like turned into okay, what's the zero? Um you asked me a question, you said, what if you had just like 
a couple of agencies that were like the perfect fit and they were using hosting companies that you could partner with and they were super successful with your product and you had that by the end of the next quarter like how would you feel about it i think you asked something like that yep um and like immediately i was like i think that would be amazing because like that would prove to me that i had something and that things were moving in the right direction one thing i said was that it for me like kind of like what i felt was the biggest opportunity for branch was still working with hosting companies i think actually i said that before Working with hosting companies just seems like the biggest opportunity in terms of distribution and the kind of customers that I, I want to get. And also like from like a leverage standpoint, like going through the, the hosting companies is an easier way maybe to reach more agencies. And then I think what you and Derek said was the, the problem with that or, or the problem with that whole like strategy is that there's a lot of time where you're kind of like waiting for the hosting companies to do stuff. So it, it, it's been taking much longer than I thought it would or hoped it would. Um, but I think what you and Derek started talking about was like, you need to find the ways where you don't have to wait for the hosting companies. And there's a lot of stuff that I could do that doesn't require me asking them for permission. Right. Right. And like, there's no, like, there's no rule that I can't talk to agencies using WP engine without asking WP engine. If I can talk to them, like they don't own their customers or they don't own the access to their customers. Right. Um, and working with the agencies directly before thinking too much about the distribution aspect would help me get to product user fit, which is something we talked about on the last episode. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but not like now, things really kind of like started to fall into place with me. And I think what I said was that what I was trying to do was maybe just ask you guys permission to spend yet another quarter working on the hosting company's strategy, um, mm. which feels kind of crazy because I've been doing it for a long time now and it hasn't really shown results yet. Still, like I still believe in it and it felt like, you know, the most important thing to work on, but it's like, how can I justify spending even more time on it when I spent, when I'm always like waiting to see the results and waiting for them to do stuff that I would like them to do. And you're like, maybe you don't need to do that. Like maybe you can still have that strategy in the back of your mind while you start working directly with the agencies to find the product user fit. And then, as long as you kind of like, as long as the agencies that you work with that you keep in mind or like that there is some sort of like distribution strategy behind them. Like, let's say you find a really strong product user fit with agencies you think using Pantheon, then, you know, when you have that and they all start, you know, raving about the product, there's an obvious like distribution thing you can do, which is work with the hosting companies to spread the words and you have really strong testimonials which is like a crucial part of finding product user fit is you get those testimonials and then you know the rest will come basically yeah i exactly and i think the my recommendation was treat the partnership that you eventually have with the hosting company treat that as really formalizing what you've already done rather yeah. than 
a permission slip to do what you want to do yeah afterwards yep yeah and then another thing you you kind of like suggested was a small ask that i can do with the agent or with the hosting companies now is say hey could you introduce me to some of your agency customers that would be a good fit for this if you ask that question the right way i think it's an opportunity for you to basically say something like you know you already have like ways that people can deploy to your platform obviously like some of them are more automated than others some of them are complete manual processes do you know someone like who would be an even happier customer of your platform if they had a better you know way of deploying their code so you don't want to say to them that they're you know their platform suck right but kind of like why branch exists is because mm-hmm. what they have for deployment is not enough right yep. <laughs> so that's kind of like what what you want to hint at and give them like an opportunity to maybe delight like some of their customers by helping them get a better setup and work with me yeah and this is what this is where i brought up the you know the jobs to be done for forces framework um and talked about how if they're close to their customers they should be aware of some of them that have a problem with the current state of affairs yeah you know and they're not aware of a better way but man they wish there were a better way yeah and you know those those the hosting companies that can answer that are going to be the ones that have the you know relationships with clients where they're aware of more than just what the hosting company does and frankly any decently sized company has a product management function where they're logging all of these things that their customers wish they had and wish they could do better etc and some of them they're going to solve and some of them are not but yes they should be aware of a handful of their customers at least who have a problem and even if that problem is not being expressed as we have a problem and we want you to fix it like they can just like you said they might just know intuitively and you know that that actually is you making progress without the hosting company having to do much other than de-risk a partnership, which is in their best interest to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it completely resonated with me. And I think I was kind of instantly sold on the idea. And it was basically everything I wanted to do. And I think a lot of that, I think that's what happens all the time in mastermind discussions is deep down inside, like you kind of know, you know what you want to do, but you kind of like want that permission some sort of like i i feel like now i have basically a good excuse or like a good story i tell myself about why in yet another quarter like i'm spending a lot of time on a very few like a very small group of users and not growing really if that kind of like makes sense like it doesn't feel like a ton of progress but it's actually the most important part (laughs) And if you read yeah. the Andreessen Horowitz uh, blog post on product user fit, like it's a pretty crucial part and it's going to be what determine, determines your future success. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're, you're setting the stage. And this, I mean, the, maybe part of the reason you're looking for the quote unquote permission is that you're already sold on this <laughs> to, a, yeah. to a large extent and you want to be, you know, uh, intellectually honest at the same time. Um, but sometimes your intuition is correct and it's good of you to doubt it and to second guess it. And humans are awfully good at finding corroborating evidence for, yeah. for their biases. Um, but 
I think your bias is correct in this case. Um, yeah. You know, and, and actually, I've said it this way before, like your startup is a hungry system. And so growth is always finding the worst bottleneck, which you could phrase as not enough blank are blanking, right? Yeah. <laughs> not enough something are doing something. Yeah. And then figuring out how to remove that. And I think, you know, yours here is not enough agencies are converting into happy paying customers. Mm. <laughs> and if you solve that, then what are hosts? Hosts are just a way of scaling that much more strategically and rapidly, right? You said another thing that was interesting. You said, because um, what I opened with was that I feel like the product is really good right now and it's where it needs to be. Like, I don't think improving the product much more would help us really. And you said, let's test that. Let's keep the customer const constant, like the, the basically the agencies that I think the product is good enough for good enough for. And then like the objective is to test to test that and work with the agencies to find out if it's actually, you know, good enough and how it could yeah. be better. And one of the most important parts of product user fit, according to Andreas Norwitz, is the user testimonial part. So you want the people to say like, you know, that you want them to go on Twitter and like tweet how amazing it is or like send you an email with like how much they love it and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. in Crossing the Chasm, like he's also talking about like early on, you are doing small, almost like consulting projects and you are working so closely with your early adopters that it feels like you're basically just like a consultant working with them. Yes. <laughs> And, and I think I, that's I what both of us are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, revenue is not revenue is the evidence that one of those consulting projects has culminated in a subscription. Yeah. But it is not, I can't force it. Right. I, I mean, I could, but if I force it, that's going to be soft revenue. Mm. Um, it's going to be churn ridden revenue. And, you're not going to have the delight that you want to have. And it's just a weak, it's a weaker um, business foundation, which I, you know, you can, you might have to do, but we don't. And that's a very fortunate position to be in. But since we don't, let's not. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, like the, after the mastermind, like I was really excited about everything again. And like, it felt like, I was on the right track. And so what you asked me was like, if you had like a couple of agencies that are really excited and you obviously had product use of it with them, like, how would you feel about that? And then my instant answer was like, that would be amazing. Like, I would be so excited. And then I think Derek asked, what if you had five times more traffic or like five times more leads? Like, could you potentially still have the same problem as you have right now? And I was like, I really could. Cause <laughs> we like, I mean, there is some volume right now right like there is people signing up every day but if there is one or two people signing up like you know two is the double of one but like it doesn't really make me more comfortable at all like what i care about is like do i see that product user fit and i think i have product user fit with some of my paying customers right now but i think the customer profile of those uh people aren't the necessarily the agency perfect you know, customer that I have in mind. So I think it's worth spending more time to get to that point before thinking too much about like the next steps. 
and that like that feels good and i was sharing the the plan with bjorn and talking to him about it and i could tell that he i think for maybe a week or two like he's been worried like like what's the plan basically and i could tell that he he understood why this is what we need to do and and he was excited about it and I think he even said that he just felt much more optimistic, like after seeing this plan um, that we now have that we can basically follow for the next three months. That's great. Yeah, that just feels really good. And I think it's so important when you're going to a new quarter that you feel optimistic and you feel excited. Like you can't, that's just so critical. <laughs> like the job of the plan is to like, you know, reignite the fire somehow. Yeah, agreed. I mean, that you're really laying out goals that should be aspirational and and motivating um yeah yeah if they're yeah. not something's wrong so now i have a trailer board with all the hosting companies that i'd like to work with and cool. as columns and then the cards will be uh, agencies and so far i just added the agencies i already know and i know which hosting company they're with yeah this week i have a meeting with a fairly big agency um, at least one. And then I also have a meeting with a large hosting company to kind of like restart the the talks. And on Friday, I had another call with another hosting company. And it it just feels like, you know, things are moving a bit now. And I, I have like more of a clear idea <laughs> of basically what I'm asking from those hosting companies. Also, we're launching with a new partner this week. Oh, congrats At least on like a built recipe. So that's cool. cool. Um, the, the, the meeting I had on Friday was really interesting because it's, it's a hosting company where basically I think what they're, what they're thinking is that they don't have like all the, the bells and whistles, like developer features that they need to cater to agencies. But basically during like a strategy session or something, Someone was like, "Hey, there's a th- like there's a company called Branch that do like CI/CD deployment for WordPress, and I, we've already talked to uh, to the founder. Like, maybe that's an opportunity." And the CEO was like, "Yeah, you go talk to that guy again. Like, maybe I think for them, like Branch could bridge the gap because when you use Branch, it doesn't really matter like which underlying technology you use for the deployment because it's all abstracted." in the tool well maybe the difference isn't so big between like one of the big expensive hosting companies and a smaller one if they're if you're using branch to do your deployments interesting so it could level the playing field for them yeah maybe it's even uh, (laughs) like parts of the hosting experience become more commoditized i guess when you're abstracting behind it (laughs) yeah i mean that's the (laughs) the implied you know, trade-off there is, is yes, it's that it's, um, yeah. Okay. What do we do? <laughs> yeah. But you can even but, start just, yeah. I mean, you can even start to think if there's like a platform aspect to it as well, like based on the, the recipes you see in branch, like, would that make you consider a different hosting company? Like, would you shop around basically for the, like, would it make sense to like start the project on branch and then like decide where you want to put it? Probably not, but I don't know. It's just fun to kind of like think there's about. Some, yeah, there's some good content marketing potentially in there where somebody outside of the day-to-day product work that you guys are doing now can 
write up a, you know, we looked at all these recipes and what did we learn or what did we find in doing so? Mm -hmm. And like, how could that inform your decisions about, you know, your next project? Just thought. Yeah. 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 So just to wrap up, like, I, I think maybe I should just read the objective for Q2. So, uh, for, um, yeah, go for it. Accountability purposes. <laughs> so the objective is basically find product user fit with agencies using hosting platforms that would make good partners. So, you know, when I evaluate an agency as like a good branch customer, I have to keep in the back of my mind, like where, like who's their like preferred hosting platform and how many like similar agencies would that hosting platform have that this could spread to? And I think that's at least like that's a framework that's pretty easy for me to understand. Yeah, so I have a whole roadmap now and I'm pretty pretty stoked about it. That's great. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much for uh, for helping me get back on track. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, no, sometimes you just need wonder to. How, wonder how many people are in mar- masterminds with their investors. <laughs> <laughs> depends depends on a lot of things. Um yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's a pleasure. So now you're now it's your time to rant. <laughs> it's all melted away, man. I'm just that's I'm just happy insane. for you now, and <laughs> it's. I feel like that sometimes happens. Like you're a little tense or something, and then we get into the business, the business business, and then you you get excited and and you forget about the real world and. Yeah, yeah, definitely, that definitely happens. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I think you're asking what's up with me. Oh, I did want to ask directly because I was afraid that maybe nothing was up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, looking at this week, I can say I have a delightfully, um, delightfully relatively empty calendar. So I've got a maker day today, a maker day tomorrow, probably a, not quite a maker day on Wednesday, but then also a maker day on Thursday. So I have four out of five days where I wow. have just big uninterrupted blocks of time yeah so um so i am i haven't articulated q2's objective yet as concisely as as you've done yours but if i could sort of ad lib it it's essentially finishing what i feel like is the you know this product needs to go to market like if i don't shift my attention it's actually maybe where you were a month or two ago when you felt like the product, you know, now you're saying it's ready, right? Mm. It's ready for more learning, right? The the bottleneck right now for you isn't roadmap. It's, it's learning and getting mm-hmm. more, more validated things on the roadmap. Yeah. Um, right now, my bottleneck is roadmap for this foreseeable future, meaning, you know, product development that where there's a clear need and it would be a good use of my time. And I've been in that mode for a while, um, easily since the end of Q4. I think half of Q1 was spent fundraising, however, mm-hmm. so I, I didn't really get to where I wanted. So I feel like I'm probably four to six weeks behind product-wise where I wanted to be by this point. But between fundraising and spring break and current circumstances, you know, maybe there's a good excuse there. But um, <laughs> what that means for Q2, though, is, you know, starting out with a handful of very happy customers which means both you know free users and some paid finishing that 
version of the product that where you know what's what i need at that point is more learning from the market as opposed Mm. to more product development cycles Um, i think i can get there if i put my head down you know this week and next week and probably three or four weeks straight which won't won't happen that way won't won't be straight so let's just say the first half of q2 really catching up on the product getting it to where i want it to be notifications and reporting is a big feature um, telling people what their latest forecast is Mm. i do have some scalability challenges when i've got I do have some customers who are paying for the product who have thousands and thousands of subscriptions and you know, the the tool just needs to be optimized for those use cases. Um, yeah. uh, And and as well as freemium actually. So, um, looking at my Trello board, it's like freemium support, thousands of customers, subscribers support for modeling notifications and reporting. I mean, these are really good, meat and potatoes features that it's almost like, well, why didn't I do these already? And I think it's because, you know, I was working on the, is this valuable for anybody piece? Mm. And it's like, now that I have that, it's time to go to market with that version that I feel like is going to work for a majority of the customers I want to have in this first wave. You know, if I'd gone live and he's, I mean, it is live right now, but it's not a paid version as we all know, but like, I'm not spending a lot of my time right now shouting from the rooftops that you should use this and everybody should use this and videos and content and all that stuff. I feel like the second half of Q2, I should be able to shift my attention to primarily focusing on, you know, going, going to market, shouting from the rooftops about the different features, teaching people about what is really going on underneath the hood, all that good stuff. Um, I, I feel like that's where I can be by, say, March, April, end of April, for sure. And it'd be great if May was just a, you know, a, a partnerships and integrations and really just a content and blogging month, you know, getting word out. Um, because at that point, it really could be, again, the bo- the bottleneck is not a validated roadmap. It's, I need to go learn from more people, get some real subscribers, get the subscribers feedback you know, and just kick it off uh, like so. Well, there's a joke that you don't have a scaling problem until you have a scaling problem. But if you have a scaling problem, I think it's pretty, I mean, it's fair game, right? <laughs> Go and make or mode. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I have a, I have a scaling problem in the sense of some of the customers I want to bring on board in this first wave are big customers, meaning they have big customer bases themselves. And you know, I, I, obviously, it would be silly. It would be a missed opportunity to not support them, especially when we're not talking about... It's not like I had to spend six months to make that work. We're talking about optimizations. And, yeah, you know, anytime I do an optimization, I'm not trying to just, like, make it faster. I'm probably doing some re-architecting because optimizing at this stage isn't necessarily making the loops go faster. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe doing... Really refactoring the way the code works sometimes and saying, why are we doing this 10 times? You know, this part can run once <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we can save that result and then do it, you know, reuse it. it. It's just a lot of do not repeat yourself and refactoring is actually yeah. a decent chunk of the optimization I'm talking about. And then at the end, it's like, okay, if I've done that, you know, then maybe there is some, some space here to say, Hey, let's, let's just have faster Python period. Right. Uh, but that's that's not really it. Um, 
at first. So yeah, man, that's, I love the the thing you shared with me. I don't know if you want me to share it here, but you shared something about how how fine grained your reporting is if you're like working in the thousands or if you're working in millions, like how how many basically how many um where do you put the comma or the dot in America in the numbers, like the accuracy? Yep. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do, yeah. I mean I'm thinking about that a lot. So the idea is that right now the simulation is is the most uh you know computationally intensive part of the product and so if there's something i want to make go faster it's the simulator and right now it is fine-grained down to the level of simulating you know an individual subscriber for for one of my customers so you know full control over one subscriber potentially out of 10 or 20,000 or 50,000 subscribers yeah. and, and what that subscriber does. Do they upsell? Do they churn, etc. Turns out if you have that many subscribers, <laughs> you know, if you're, let's just use silly example. If, you, if you're Microsoft and you have a bunch of Xbox subscribers, you don't need to simulate what, you know, my son does on a subscription. Now you can, but you can probably model things on a coarser grain, which means a hundred in a, in a, in a piece, you know, a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, et cetera, as opposed to, you know, doing, you know, doing one at a time. So that's something I can definitely do. And I think that's pretty acceptable because, you know, you look at software, even like, um, Photoshop, et cetera, how fine grain do you want to do this anti-aliasing? There's a lot of parallels where, you know, you don't necessarily need the finest grain approach to things to get an accurate answer. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the example I think about is in financial reports, like you simplify them by removing a couple of zeros and then you just add like a little note, like this is in thousands or millions. And then people know that, you know, the company didn't make a thousand dollars, like they made a million dollars, but like, there's no point in like adding all those zeros. Yeah, actually it's, it's a mistake to do so because, you know, within the margin of error, is hundreds or thousands of units, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, significant digits is a real is a real thing. And so, yeah. to say that, you know, the, the, there are only four significant digits out of this number that has two commas in it <laughs> or three yeah. commas in it, you, you shouldn't be probably two. You, you know, you shouldn't be adding. You know, there shouldn't be anything but zeros in the ones and tens place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. And it's like they're saying when you read this report, like you shouldn't use this report to make decisions that require you to know <laughs> the detail level of like the thousands. That's right. Yep. And, and exactly. And, you know, when a business of that scale runs out of money, for example, not well, hopefully a business that scale isn't worried about runway, but, <laughs> you know, when that business hits a certain, their their milestones are not being measured on the ones and tens place. They're measuring their milestones on the hundreds or thousands or, or hundreds of thousands anyway. So again, it all makes sense. And I can potentially speed up the simulation piece by, you know, 10 to the X based on yeah. how coarse that grain is. So th- that's, it's probably the single biggest thing I can do uh, to speed it up. It won't be super easy <laughs> to implement, but that's why I'm glad I have you know a few maker weeks here in front of me that are pretty pretty wide open. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I think scale scalability problems are always like sort of fun, and 
you know, they serve, like if you have scale problems with scale, like it's typically because something good has happened. Yeah. People want to get to the end faster. Right. And you know, there's scalability in the one sense of like, can I, as summit support 10,000 customers? That's one thing. But what I'm talking about is how fast can we make a single user's experience? Mm. And that's different. So, so what I'm working on now is a little bit more like, you know, if you're tuple (laughs) and Ben is making it, you know, an individual session, we want to have the highest resolution, you know, the highest fidelity, the highest call quality, et cetera. It's not really scalability. It's actually a quality, you know, Mm. issue in a sense. It's like true. The the speed of an individual's experience. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if you can 10 X that it actually opens up maybe whole new features or other things you can do that weren't possible before. So yeah. Anyway, you know, so it actually does scale. You just sacrifice some quality. That's right. That's, that's right. I could sacrifice quality and, and get the scale. But what I'm trying to figure out now is, you know, significant digits, figure out how to make a single user experience very fast and, you know, p- to put it in perspective, the way it works right now is already, let's say, something takes 10 minutes <laughs> that normally would take 10 hours to do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, and that's pretty accurate. So the fact that I've already, you know, made it 60 times faster, you know, than the equivalent right, <laughs> is yeah. good. But it turns out that, there is a there's a return there's a big payoff if i can get that up to one minute or 10 seconds or one second yeah um and that that's what i want to aim that's what i'm aiming for and frankly you know why not because then i then i can support again there's a whole there's a large universe of prospects that i can support and i don't want to go live i don't want to be shouting this thing from the rooftops and have you know three out of 10 prospects who I really wish would become customers say it's not working for them. Right. That's not, yeah, that's not a win. <laughs> um, it's just going to stress me out more then because of course I'm gonna have to fix it then. <laughs> so for the, for the big users that you need to make sure it's fast. So, cause that, that'll like show them that it's a quality tool, but for the, the users with not a lot of subscribers, you, you need to make it slower because otherwise they think that it's like <laughs> it needs to take some time before you believe that it's actually crunching the numbers. It's, it's like yeah. if you buy a loudspeaker, like you you want it to have like a certain weight. <laughs> mm. So you think it's yeah. good. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Um, yeah, there's a fair amount of that. And I'm, you know, I'm working on making the trans, uh, making it more transparent. But um, this is a good place to be. I'm I'm feeling good. You know, I started this call saying I'm not feeling good, but that's just, those are just, you know, regular speed bumps that are now much more common in the environment that we're in. And hey, we're all in it together. So I'm, I'm not complaining. We, we have it pretty good, uh, very good compared to many. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's learning yeah. to lower, maybe in some sense, it's learning to refine my expectations <laughs> of, <laughs> of myself and say, you know, it's not the same as getting up at 5 a.m. and having that uninterrupted time. You know, this is no, I'm in summer mode again. 
And there's a, a lot of things that we'll appreciate even more when we get back to normal. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm appreciating some things more now in the abnormal. I mean, uh, there is the for worse. There's also the for better is spending a lot yeah. more time. <laughs> Dude, all, every time I go out in the together. kitchen, make a cup of coffee, like it's like a little moment. And like, I'll take my time and like turn on the podcast and like really kind of feel the, <laughs> mm. I don't know. It's like a little thing I do and it's just me. And I like close the door to the kitchen and make my coffee. And I don't know. It feels different than it did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I even heard people say like going to the bathroom is like, <laughs> it's like a little excursion from your living room or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot of good out there as well. And there's some good, there, there's a lot of good inside these walls. So it's just making the most of it and uh, seeing how, seeing how we can be helpful. So thank, uh, thanks to our listeners as well for, listening to this <laughs> if we still have listeners people are saying they listen to less podcasts these days oh there's there's what now people are listening to less podcasts because they don't have commutes and stuff oh yeah that that makes sense i did see a drop on the spring break episode but then this most recent one was kind of back back up there so it might be that our audience is skewed towards work from home anyway but I know uh, Maya has stopped listening to this podcast at least for a while. <laughs> I think she's 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 had enough of me. Just in she just, <laughs> she's, I don't I don't need another. I don't need forty minutes of Peter. I can't respond to <laughs> in my break from Peter. <laughs> <laughs> forty minutes of Peter that I cannot retort. Yeah. yeah. So all right, man. Yeah, I am glad we uh, made it happen. Yeah, thank you for your patience. <laughs> no problem. Talk to you later. All right, cheers. Bye. Bye.